The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. At that time, one of the scribes came up to Jesus and asked him, Which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself, is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that, he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any question. The Gospel of the Lord. That, perhaps not some, but that is how all Jews who practice the Jewish faith devoutly begin their day and end their day. It is those words that we have just heard. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. It gives shape to their day. And those who are particularly devout would recite it three times. In the morning, in the evening, and before going to bed. A couple of important things there, I think. The first I'll come, the most important I'll come to after this, which is Shema, the word Shema. But let's look at this phrase, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. In other translations, all your mind, all your understanding. It's very important because it comes up repeatedly uh, in the Gospels and in the First Testament, in, in, in the, uh, what we like to call the Old Testament. It comes up repeatedly. And it's important because I think it says how we are to love God. With all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength. In totality. Undivided. With fullness and abandon. 
that there is no part of us that is not in God. That we should give ourselves entirely to that practice of love of God. And by consequence, we hear, of course, love of neighbor. But we'll come back to love of neighbor. That our love of neighbor should be entirely, should be entire in a similar way to our love of God. For to love God is to love neighbor. And then we have Shema. The word, and I'm not a Hebrew scholar, and I, I suspect there are some Hebrew scholars here, so I'm in dangerous company. But if we hear that word, or if we take that word, Shema, the words we use in English don't capture often exactly what they mean, exactly what it means, Shema. Most often it's translated as hear, O Israel, or listen, Israel. But it actually admits of other meanings. So I think maybe a story will help us to understand this. At least it helped me to understand it. And I've learned this pretty recently. But I, was, I always remember my mother coming to my room, or at least not coming to my room, often screaming from the kitchen, wake up, Ricardo, wake up. And I'd be like, uh. And then she'd be like, wake up. I'd be like, okay, I've heard you. And I'd stay in bed. And then she'd come and she'd say, get out of bed, wake up. And that's really what she was saying all along. She was saying, wake up and get out of bed. She wasn't trying to say simply wake up so that I heard it. She was saying it so that I listened to what she said, so paid attention, and actively did something the physical act of getting out of bed. That's Shema. Shema is not, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor. Very nice. Carry on with your day. It's, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Get out of bed. Love your neighbor. Love me. It means to listen, to hear, first of all, to listen and to act. But it is also a word, as I understand, that is placed in the voice of one who is in authority over another. To obey. And so that is what we're being asked to do. Being told, obey me. Obey me, love me, I am your God, and I want you to be entirely devoted to me in your totality, and I want you to love your neighbor through your actions, not through what you say. That's the force of Shema, Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Ehad. That's the force of what we are supposed to say. So much so that it is clear in the teachings, in the, in, in the teachings of Judaism that it is not enough to recite the Shema, 
to simply say, Shammai, Elohe, Elohe, yeah, Shammai Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Ehat, but to meditate upon it. It is something that needs to penetrate. It is something that you need to believe. Again, it is something you need to listen to and obey and act upon. So, it is said that if you have not meditated upon every word of the Shema, you must repeat the Shema. It is not enough to recite, but to meditate upon the Shema. And so we are told that this is the greatest commandment. Why is this the greatest commandment or the first commandment? Well, it's because in Israel, there were 613 commandments. And so it was rather difficult to remember 613 unless you were a learned person, such as the scribe we hear of in the gospel. And so 613 is what you needed to somehow know. But if you knew this one, you knew all the commandments. And there is a great first century rabbi, Hillel, who tells a fantastic story of a man who comes up to him and he says, and he does this, so he stands on one leg and he says, I will convert to Judaism if you teach me the whole Torah while I stand on one foot. And Hillel says to him, what is hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. That is the whole Torah. The rest is commentary. Go and learn it. What is hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. It's what's called the silver rule as opposed to the golden rule. Do to your neighbor, don't do to your neighbor. And that's what the Jews believed, that we should act in accordance with our love of God, similarly with our neighbor. And so when the scribe comes today to, in the gospel and says to Jesus, what is the most important? And Jesus says exactly what I've just been talking about. The scribe's like, very good, you know your stuff. But he doesn't really probably understand exactly what the Lord is saying. Because for the Jew, their neighbor is their fellow Jew, is the one who practices the faith, is the one who observes the commandments, who recites the Shema. That's not who the neighbor is for Jesus. And that's the whole point of Jesus. He amplifies what it is to be, or who is my neighbor, and what it is to be a neighbor. Such that in one of the Gospels, and let me look down because I can't remember, I think it's Luke. It is in Luke, yes. In Luke, what follows this passage that we've just heard from the Gospel of Mark is the Good Samaritan. Who is my neighbor? The one who stopped on the side of the road 
and crossed ethnic boundaries, racial boundaries, linguistic boundaries, dignity boundary, and responded to his neighbor on the side of the road. Not the priest. That's the neighbor. And so he's saying to him, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love God as you love yourself. Love God as you love your neighbor. But your neighbor is not who you think your neighbor is. And I heard a fantastic, again, I'm saying fantastic many, because I've heard many fantastic things this week, but I heard one great thing. And I think it leaves me, at, 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 at least gave me cause to pause, and maybe it'll give you cause to pause too. We can only love God to the extent that we love the person we least care for. It's quite difficult to think that the way that I love my so-called enemy is really a reflection of my love of God. And that's what we're being invited to. When we say Shema Israel, that I love you, God, with all my heart, with all my strength, I'm saying that I love all that God has made, whoever you are. And if I don't, then I haven't truly meditated upon those words. I've merely recited them.